you're listening to the Teen Wolf Rewolf. Hi. Hello. How are you? I am great. <laughs> are you? No, but I thought that if I said that with authority, then maybe I would be feeling great. Like you're going to Pavlov yourself into feeling good? Yeah. I think that's been um, kind of my mode throughout the Panini. Um, yeah. Like speaking things into truth. <laughs> speaking, th- I've been manifesting. I'm manifesting a, a good attitude yeah. into being. I'm I'm microdosing a good mood by pretending I'm in one. <laughs> exactly. It's like it's like how the really unfortunate truth of like if you force yourself to smile, like you might actually feel a little bit better. I don't. I never do. But like- I do <laughs> ascribe to the look good, feel good thing. Yeah. If I'm feeling like a little shitty i'll throw some mascara on and be like you know what i'm pretty like boohoo bad beauty standards we shouldn't uh, you know have to you know partake in those but i do feel slightly better (laughs) uh yeah uh do am i gonna police myself into not putting glitter eyeshadow on my face no no because it brings me joy yes exactly I don't like the fact that I am in a situation where it does, but whatever. Welcome to the Teen Wolf Real Podcast, a podcast where we're going to talk about MTV's Teen Wolf, I promise. My name is Christian. And I'm Julia. And we are back from our hiatus. A, a little wee hiatus. Teeny weeny. Yeah. Just had some vacation to go on. We're actually recording this while you're going to be on vacation, but we yes. took last week off because I was on vacation. We're doing a little uh, pre-recording Post-recording. Post-recording, you know. Let me lay it down for you, Wolfpack. Time isn't real. (laughs) Time isn't real. Um, Yeah, we're anticipating. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, you know, we're keeping the content flow going. We're also giving time, like, people some time to catch up. Because we did go double time, and we didn't really tell y'all we were going to do that. Well, we kind of did. But it was a very fast transition from yes, from four to five. Doing it once yeah. a week, so. and now we are we are on, we only have five episodes left of season five after this one. Thank goodness. Yeah, I will say though, great oh. episode. We had so much fun. I can't believe I am saying that about an episode in season five. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I could see so much of it. Um, was that because the episode was well lit or were we watching it in a dark room while it was cloudy outside? I do think that it was a zesty blend of both of those factors. Zesty blend. But, um, this was a a Russell episode. Which helps. And it was so good. It was such a Russell episode. All the transitions, like some of the camera angles, like the timing of the jokes. It, it was great. It was really good. Um, yeah, this episode is, uh, 515. It was called Amplification. It was written by Lindsay Sturman, who was written for Supergirl, Rosalian Isles, and NCIS Los Angeles, among other things. Cool. I don't think she's written, I don't think we've seen an episode she's written before, but I will say that, uh, I thought it was great. So. I thought it was great too. You know, Kudos. people love Supergirl. I have never seen it. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody will now tell me that I have to on Twitter after vocalizing it. Um, but I can see why. Um, and this episode was fun. It was fast. Mm-hmm. It honestly, like just the idea that this whole episode was fun is a breath of fresh air. Truly. It had so many jokes and things like, I really felt like the characters were sort of allowed to be like their most authentic selves in this episode. Even if sometimes I felt it sort of caricature mm-hmm. you know, like the idea that Liam's like automatic 
set was violence and like Styles was being a little unfeeling and stuff. But I thought that that felt so much more organic than like trying to shove everybody in these weird pockets to fit your Scott Styles like you know enemies agenda this was great it was great it felt really contained which sounds funny because there were a lot of um like different physical locations where everybody was at but it felt like we were following the same characters for most of it um i love a heist structure which was what this whole episode was which was great teen wolf teen wolves 11 it was great (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. absolutely uh i had a wonderful ocean's teen time yeah (laughs) um i had a good time I'm about to lessen our good time to tell you that you were going first in the 60 second recap. This is the first time in um, 5B that I have uh, had an overflow on my notes. Uh, And I did not read them uh, before we uh, started doing this. So um, here's the thing. I, even if I tried to pre-read my notes, I can't read what I wrote. So (laughs) whatever, no, like it happens as it happens. Yeah. I just, I love seeing the um, progression on every note taking page of my handwriting getting just worse and worse and worse quality. the whole yeah. time. Mine actually goes line by line, depending on how fast I'm writing mm-hmm. or um, how many stupid jokes I'm trying to fit in in my notes. Yeah. yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. saying I pre-plan jokes. No, but you know, sometimes your observations are funny. Yeah. So yes, you got to write them down. Um, Julia, are you ready to do your recap? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Three, two, one. Okay. So there's a big car chase going on with the cops and the beast and the boys. And there's a bunch of chaos downtown, lots of radioing and the beast is going to the hospital, which is getting evacuated. Parrish is there, um, like lighting things on fire. The boys see bloody footprints that turn into a shoe. Oh my God. Deaton ends up showing, um, a bunch of like Valak's trepanation experiments because, um, it would hype in the supernatural's powers. And he's saying that Lydia is going to get too powerful and she could kill everyone around her while she dies and screams. Um, so Scott and Styles are obviously like, well, we have to get Lydia out and they start planning a heist and they have a couple of fun little flash forwards. Um, everybody needs to help like Kira needs to brown out um yada yada um Valak puts uh, a dread doctor mask on a nurse not sure about that um there's a little training montage with Kira and Malia and Corey is like watching them and spying on them for Theo uh Styles asks Parrish to drive the van Theo is like hey let me help get Lydia out of Eichenhaus because I can get through the mountain ash haha and you can't um the sheriff tries to appeal to Natalie to like get her out the legal way um and Natalie's like actually fuck you and Kira took out the whole grid while she was practicing but Scott believes in her oh you are done i felt so confident no, I, you, I mean you really had you had so many details uh i will also say much. you were like you said kira browns out and instead of browning <laughs> out like the electricity i was like oh so she was really drinking <laughs> um yeah it's the only she, way she kind of remembers what happened last night but she's not entirely sure how she got home yeah i do feel like that is a lot of kira's experiences with her powers they just kind of like happened to her yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh, and when when you're close to blackout drunk, things just happen to you. That's true. I think I only You're like, where it. did I get this sandwich? How did I get home? Yeah. From the three blocks Very, it would have taken me. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah. Very funny story about my 20th birthday. Um, I, it was theater prom. And I remember, I really didn't feel that drunk at all throughout the party. Um, and then I left and I woke up at home in my bed <laughs> with a sandwich, <laughs> like a wrapped sandwich that I had bought. But like, that was the only part of my night I didn't remember buying the sandwich. And I checked my bank account. I didn't buy the sandwich. <laughs> 
I didn't buy the sandwich. Who? Did okay. you eat the sandwich? No, because it had been like sitting out. Yeah. Also, you didn't buy it. So who also, knows? Buy- okay. So if you guys, if any of you guys were in Ann Arbor in like April <laughs> 2016, did you buy me a sandwich? You know, I saw um, a really excellent tweet the other day that was like, there is a group of high schoolers somewhere that has a really great inside joke based on something stupid you did that you have no idea about. And like, God, I fucking hope so. But what, what is, is it? it? Yeah. God, high schoolers are funny. They're Because so your funny. life is so boring and contained, you have to get creative. Yeah. Yeah. I, got, I love a good inside joke. Me too. Um, I feel like we have some. We've got like podcast inside jokes. Oh, yeah. A little community. We can bring some, bring back like some of the old ones. You guys see what's your number recently? <laughs> I keep looking for it on DVD. Because we would watch it. Like that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. If we had yeah. it on DVD, we'd watch it. We maybe would, maybe Maybe we'd talk about it a little more, too. Yeah. Um, I think I made it, like, halfway through. Do you want to try to get the rest of the way through, or do you want to start from the beginning? I want to start from the beginning. Okay. Because I think that I need to commit to my failures, you know? Commit to the bit. Yeah. I got it. I need to be open about them. And your bit is failing. Being really, really... (laughs) It is... I feel like I'm good at every other aspect of this podcast. Well, it's great because we get the humiliation out of the way in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. So... We're good to go. Except, and then I, you know, compound it with a bunch of stupid stuff I say later. Yeah. Uh, it's especially worse considering that we can't remember anything that happened in this season. No. So, uh, it's okay. okay. You guys will tell us in the Twitter team. And yeah, thank you. Um, are you ready? Um, sure. To try. So you're going to have a minute on the clock starting right now. So the beast is running from a car chase and there's like this giant accident downtown and Scott and Styles are a part of the chase. And then they say that the beast is going to the hospital and they show up to the hospital and the sheriff is there. And then they see that Parrish has been beat up by the beast, but hasn't died. And then there's bloody footprints. And then Deaton shows Scott and Styles, uh, pictures of Dr. Valix, like, like really bad human experimentation and says that uh, trepidation is going to make Lydia's power so strong she can kill people. Styles explains to ever- the plan to get Lydia out of uh, Eichenhaus by rebooting the electrical system using Kira and the gang has like major doubts and then Valak puts a freaky helmet on the orderly and then Lydia and Lydia do some brownout pla- practice and talk about their mommy issues and then Styles convinces the sheriff to, uh, convinces Parrish to join the team and drive them to the uh, to Eichenhaus in body bags and then um, Corey is watching them do the electricity practice and then Styles and Scott see Theo in the library and he's like um, I'll help. Like, I'll be your Soviet Russia. And they're like, what? And then the sheriff tries to get Natalie to get Lydia out of Eichenhaus. And she's like, no. And then Valak, um, oh, and gives her the Valak files. Kira tells them that she blew out the grid and can't do it. And they're like, no, Kira, you can do it. And then Parrish gets stopped by the, and then, oh, wow. That is time. Would you like to just finish up what you were yeah. okay. going to say? So they go and somehow there's visiting hours late at night and Malia and Kira get into Eichen House. Uh, Parrish gets the boys in uh, in body bags and Styles is laying under her corpse, which is really stinky. Um, and they get into Eichen House and when uh, Kira stops the electricity, they think that it's reset the uh, the electric locks, only to find that the closed ward is now locked with a regular lock. Um, foiled again yeah <laughs> Liam and Scott like Scott kind of gets a little bit of revenge on Liam because he's like hit me if I get angry enough I'll knock down the grate and then he does um and Styles can kind of get to Lydia but not before Valak you know comes back in so he listens to this whole conversation of her like predicting her friend's deaths the chimeras show up and they're like we're not really here for Lydia we're here for a hellhound and then 
he also shows up. For why? I, d- I don't Not know. sure. I, d- I don't know. Um, <laughs> Malia and Kira are still stuck in like the electrical room. And Natalie tries to get Lydia out of Eichenhaus after coming to her senses. Um, meanwhile, Ducalion is talking to Hayden and is like, you should let me go. And she's like, why would I do that? You terrify me. And he's like, I know I terrify you. That's why you should let me go. Um, and then says that if, uh, I almost said Cody, that would be the actor says if Theo tries to put on the claws from the other chimera, it will kill him because bodies reject organs that they are not made for. Um, and then Scott in a moment of desperation being beat up by the guards who have caught him and Liam, Alpha howls and is like, we're getting Lydia back. And his whole pack is like, yeah. Cut to black. Cut to black. Yeah. So we did like leave on a cliffhanger, which is perfect. This was so fun. It was really fun. I will say that considering the fact that this was teased in episode one of season five, and we are now at episode 15, I kind of wish that it had wrapped up at Mm. the end, but it's all allow it. I'll allow it. Honestly, like, we have to take the wins we're given in this true, season. True, true. Like, I'm also wondering, like, would I think this episode was good in season three? I hope so. I would hope to think that. I think so. I All the elements yeah. are there. All the elements are there, but I like. I just don't want to think that this is a comparison game, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be talking about this episode through the theme of belief. Everybody sort of has them. Belief, faith. You know? Mm-hmm. Everybody's... Op- it's not only just sort of operating on the assumption... Uh, that things will work a certain way, but like the utmost need for them to like saying that you're great, even if you are not actually great. Yeah. 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 Continuity. Yes. Um, and we see a lot of that, you know, we see that sort of on like the personal emotional side with Kira and Malia. We see it a lot on the, um, physical like power side with, uh, Scott and Liam. And I want to know where you would like to start. Oh, gosh. Um, it's just like a, a cornucopia of good stuff this week. Um, I know. Uh, the next episode is about to <laughs> blow. We're jinxing it. Uh, you know what? Let's... I feel like I I want to talk about um, Hayden and Deucalion, um, because they're just a really small part of this episode, and they're not part of really like the main plot. Um, yeah. And I love Deucalion, first of all. Um, but... Hayden, as we've seen for like the last couple of episodes, doesn't exactly know what she believes. And she has decided to, uh, like, you know, hang with Theo, um, put her eggs in his basket, so to speak. Um, because she put her eggs in his basket in a very unsexy (laughs) way. Um, Because, because uh, she thinks that he can defeat the Dread Doctors, and Liam, sexy though he may be, can't. Yes. So, uh, and she gets the unenviable task. Like she doesn't get to go kick ass at Iken House. Yeah. She has to stay and hang out with Ducalion. Okay. As somebody who loves Ducalion, is that an unenviable task? No. He's beautiful to look at. No. Even just sitting on the floor, just in a t-shirt. Like I'm like. What a man. He's handsome and distressed. Also, Gideon Emery is just 
really fun to watch. And he clearly yeah. has so much fun playing Deucalion. It It's refreshing to see him. I don't keep on. I don't want to keep being like, yeah, the stuff from season three that's coming back <laughs> is the best part. But like, it's really fun to watch him on screen because of how much fun he's having. Yeah. Um, and he, and because he's so outside of the plot that's happening at the moment, it's, it's like a blast from the past. That's a little distracting in a good way. Yes. Um, so we know that like, while Deucalion looks kind of like a lone ranger in this, uh, scene, we know that he is watching Hayden and kind of planting seeds, you know, to suit his agenda against Theo of doubt of doubt. Um, and you, you said it previously, like Hayden is, is mostly just trying to stand on the piece of ice. She has the, you know, strongest faith in floating for the longest. And that looks like Theo. And when Deucalion is like, yeah, he might not actually know what he's talking about. Cause what happens when he dies, when he puts on those claws, she's like, Oh, I don't have a backup plan. And that's really interesting because I think that, you know, it took Hayden so long to trust Liam again. She's sort of trusting Theo just because she thinks it's her best option. And it kind of shows that for her, because of the way that her life has unfolded over these past couple of weeks, like belief is a little futile. Having faith in people feels a little bit like, um, rocky ground. Like, yeah, I I think that's like the intersection of like faith and belief is like, sometimes you just have to take it on what you can't see. Mm -hmm. Um, and where you don't have like all of the information and Deucalion is basically saying to Hayden, you don't have all the information. Um, which I, you know, can't think of a way like a, a worse way to kind of lose, you know, belief in something. Or it just reminds me of the, the little doctor who moment, where he ruins Harriet Jones's life by saying, don't you think she looks tired? Yeah. Like just that one seed of doubt can cause this huge ripple effect. Um, and I'm sure we see that in the next episode. Yes, I totally um, agree. Although I cannot say that because I don't, I don't know what happens. <laughs> I, we think so. Uh. I remember we used to have such good insights about how things would later affect the plot, but I frankly don't think that season six has anything to do with season five, so I can't even pull from that. (laughs) No, uh, me neither. We're kind of flying, not not totally blind, but like we've got the the horse blinders on. Yeah, I've got like an eye patch, you know? One eye only. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Who do you want to talk about next? Um, I kind of want to throw a quick uh, sort of... I don't want to talk about her forever. I just think it's really interesting how Natalie is only now doubting her Lydia safety. Is it because she couldn't, you know, open herself to the fact that she might have put her daughter in danger? Because I can totally see that happening. Um, But it really feels like it shouldn't take Sheriff... uh, it, It shouldn't take, like, proof of human atrocity to be like, hmm, Eichenhouse seems like not a great place. I know my... Daughter was almost murdered here once, but that's not going to happen again. Uh, uh, the que- the, that have happened once is bad. Okay, right? Yeah, I think it's so hard to walk into this situation and have empathy for Natalie because um, we've seen the other adults come to grips with knowing and believing that the supernatural is real, and it has not been a very smooth process. Um, and even the sheriff, even in this season has gotten really frustrated about like the limitations of being a human who has to operate within that space and like what you believe and what you don't believe. Um, so in under normal circumstances, I think we could give Natalie a little bit of a break. However, I just cannot get over, uh, 
her knowing that her mother-in-law mm-hmm. um, drilled a hole in her own head and like died in Eichenhaus as a result of at a minimum negligence mm-hmm. and that her daughter was almost murdered there. Like those are the things I kind of can't wrap my head around yeah, I mean, I think we both gave her a little bit of a pass when it happened in the moment because it felt like it was so, like, erratic, sporadic decision-making to trying to do the best for your family. But the fact that it hasn't, she hasn't done anything to pull her out after the fact is banana bread. Yeah, it also um, just speaks kind of to an inconsistency of um, what we know about Dr. Valak because he impersonates that other doctor through whatever kind of supernatural power he has because he drilled a hole in his own head. Um, But like her being so unwilling to accept any of that, even after her little confrontation with Malia, um, everything that happened at the sheriff's station... um, would suggest to me that he has kind of like a lasting power over her, but that is giving the writers credit and, uh, things that they did not actually write, mm-hmm. um, yeah. for me to believe that. So it's yes. frustrating, but it's interesting. We're seeing a shift. Um, and I guess I, that kind of comes down to it that sometimes belief requires hard proof. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I also think it's interesting because I don't, you know, is she, we also, we, the other parents had to have hard proof of like the supernatural, you know? Yeah. Except for maybe the sheriff who just saw Cora pass out in Styles' <laughs> room. But I guess we should maybe consider that. Like Melissa had to get hard proof. She got it the hard way because she got it unintentionally. But would she have believed Scott if he couldn't show her that? Yeah, well, and and it's just so, she saw Tracy. She saw Tracy with the tail. She saw everything that happened in the sheriff's station. Oh, yeah. She sees Malia glow her eyes at her, which I would be, I mean, despite the fact that Malia's eyes are blue. Yeah. um, So it's not like super, I would be weirded out seeing it, but I probably could rationalize it away. Um, I I don't know. It just like the mountain of evidence is already there for her. The fact that nobody sees the fangs and the red eyes and is like, (gasps) vampire is absolutely <laughs> hilarious True. uh shall we move on to talk about who do you want to talk about um let's see do since we were just talking about malia do you yeah, want to talk I, about malia i do malia and kira have spent this whole episode together thank god it's great yeah. It's great. And they are so, it's funny. They actually a little bit have the Scott Styles dynamic mm-hmm. of somebody who's like a little bit like, yeah, could you just get this done, please? And somebody who's like, but what if I can't? <laughs> Which is like, Scott <laughs> is kind of a little bit Styles' damsel in distress in certain situations, Sometimes, especially yeah. in the early seasons. And it's really interesting because it's kind of a study in how if somebody is not going to believe in you, you have to believe in yourself. And Malia really is getting better at like showing her affections towards people. But I don't even think that it's a flaw or like a lack of development that she is honest about not believing in things. Like, I think that that's like a general survival coping mechanism that a lot of people have where she's like, yeah, I'm not going to put my faith in something in something that like I don't have like I'm not 100% sure about and to see them practicing like the light bulb thing where Malia gets hit in the face <laughs> with a light bulb shard which was so funny and then yeah. it's like sitting 10 feet away with goggles on it's really great because I think that Kira 
has kind of been in this whole this whole season she's being tested, you know, over and over again. And this is the first time anybody's asked her Kira to do something as Kira and not against her Kitsune self. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, she's it's not, you know, can you do this against yourself? Can you fight the thing within? It's just, do you believe in yourself and can you personally do this? And that is, one, refreshing to watch. And two, a, a far more interesting place to put Kira in than what we've seen previous. Yeah, and kind of at odds with, the, with what her mom has kind of been working with. And... Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to suss out what is expected from Kira on that front. Is it like you never tap into your Kitsune powers to keep that spirit at bay or, you know, you find out control and that's how you keep the spirit at bay. But like, there's not been an actual conversation about it. And what I find really sweet is, um, Yes, Malia will say to Kira's face that she doesn't think that she can do it um, based on evidence that she's seen, but she will sit there and practice with her and go through boxes of light bulbs. Oh my God, how much did that cost? I don't know, but you know what it it, kind of reminds me of is like, I think Malia knows that this will, that practice will work and that if somebody sits there and helps you go through things, you'll figure it out because that's what Styles did for her. That's what Styles did for her. That is a, a direct parallel to the scene um, of Allison and Lydia in the woods when Allison can't shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I'm not irked by Teen Wolf using that trope over and over again. I think it's well worn for a reason, and um, I like seeing that because it's like a collaboration between all of these people. Which after episodes and episodes of people being torn apart. Yeah. It's really nice to see them together. Although how great would it have been if Isaac showed up and shielded Malia from the glass, just like Lydia from the arrow. Yes. I miss him. And the worst part is we don't even get to see him in season six. And we should have. Chris is back. Yeah. What's up with Isaac? It, yeah. Did he just leave him in France? You know what? That might have been preferable for Isaac. Yeah, he's, like, living his dream life in Paris. He's, like, on a moped, and he's, like, grown a mustache, and he's, like, hanging out with, like, beautiful women. Yes. Yes. Drinking wine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I just really loved seeing the Kira and Malia interactions, and I it also... what the One of the things that I really liked about it is that when they're getting ready to go to Eichenhaus... Um, Scott is so emphatic about like, I believe you, I believe in you, Kira, you can do this. And she's really hesitant. And Styles has to be like, Malia, say that you believe in Kira. Say it. Say it. Come on. (laughs) And it's really kind of only after that's like the thing that pushes her over the edge. Like Kira knows that Malia is not being sincere, but she's like, all right, if Malia said it. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, do you it. know what's a, it's, it's it's actually great to see Scott be like that for somebody because um he has not been for the whole season for God knows why, right? Mm-hmm. This feels so much more um you know, within consistent. His, yes, consistent and within his realm. And yeah, I would say that that behavior is a little bit more like season two season early season three e pre going um dying from the nematon (laughs) nematode um so maybe you know we have been shifting to darker scott for a reason but not in the way that season five season five a presents it it's funny because i think we were both a little bit like oh just five a is horrible five b is not 
phenomenal. It's not great. But it's watchable in a way that 5A wasn't. So what the F, man? I wish I could tell you. It just feels so much more coherent. It feels so much more in character. Um, the fact that they actually had scenes in the high school yeah. felt important to me. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I was thinking about how many shows have like bad season after bad season and you keep watching? Riverdale. Okay, I can't relate to that one, but I'm sure people on Twitter will tell you that they do. Uh, it's, I think they're, they're, I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of my friends who were into Teen Wolf in high school or college or whatever, who tapped out on this at 5A. And mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to get to 5B to get the goods, right? Oh, yeah. What I, I don't know, I'm actually thinking about this because I am rewatching Pretty Little Liars or attempting to because that is another show that went on way too long. Um, and I remember watching it How live. many seasons did Pretty Little Liars have? I want to say seven. Okay. But it feels like a slog. Um, I never watched. I also never would. It, you know, I can't, I couldn't remember like what it was that drew me in initially, but um, like watching week to <laughs> okay. week. Okay, but here's the thing. ABC Family is the CW of the Disney Channel. That's why I can't watch it. <laughs> um, I love ABC Family Properties. I won't lie to you. It's called something else now. Freeform. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Freeform is Freeform. the CW of the Disney Channel. <laughs> um but the thing the thing about like watching pretty little liars because i was watching it live Uh like week to week i tuned in um again why i couldn't tell you who's to say (laughs) who's to say um but i really did i tapped out after i had like missed one too many episodes and i couldn't piece together the plot at all even reading summaries which i would do to try and keep up and i'd be like "Mm, i don't know who any of these people are and i've been watching so i tapped out and i'm really wondering what my experience is going to be like going through it in a streaming situation um because i don't have to wait and I think perhaps Teen Wolf is easier to forgive uh, when you watch it streaming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Did you ever do that absolute crazy person thing where if a show you liked came out in a different country, you would wait for somebody like earlier than it came out in the States. You would wait for somebody from that country to write the sum, like the, the summary of it, and then read that before you watch the episode. No, I would just find I would just torrent. No, episodes. I mean that is a thing. Like people would write those those summaries the second the episode dropped before you could even find a torrent. Heroes. Heroes. All I, of them. And I would spoil it and then like an hour later be able to find a link to download it. I you know I wish I still liked TV that much. I obviously love TV, but like that infectious sort of obsessive behavior was not healthy, but boy was it fun. Nine times out of ten, I do not mind spoiling things for myself. No. Because if it's a good movie, I'm gonna enjoy it no matter what. There are a few things I would have been really upset if Parasite had been spoiled for me. Um Yeah. You know, but that's kind of like the only movie I could think of in recent years where like I reading a summary would have done a disservice to my movie watching, you know, and same with TV. Yeah. Like, no, it never, I never feel like, Oh God, I wish I didn't know that. I don't care. Dumbledore dies. (laughs) Spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anywho, uh, should we talk about Scott and Styles and also Liam? The boys. It is cute that they all kind of hang out together. I feel like, like Liam is a separate, like doesn't, you know, it's, he's not part of the Scott Styles unit. No, but you might say that in this episode they are the Beastie Boys. 
Um, yeah, but they're they're hanging out together, and I I like it. I like it when the boys are together because they are boys. That's like the thing. One of the things that I really liked about this episode is that they're teenagers, and you can tell. Oh um, my god, Styles is in impeccable form this episode (laughs) almost everything he says is funny and dylan o'brien like he obviously lives so comfortably doing comedy which is so fun to watch obviously um and all of a sudden you're like well this is like the the first episode serious episode where you're like scott and styles believe in each other again yes they feel like they used to Uh, That's a very reductive way of putting it. But like after the rift, after the talk um, and the more talking, um, everybody's kind of shifting back into place, which plays into the whole idea of like Scott's going to reunite his pack. And it doesn't mean just literally bringing them all into the same place. It's like healing like psychological wounds as well. Um, So it's really nice to see that happening, not just between Scott and Styles, but also between Scott and Liam. Yeah, I think you make a really good point. Um, And the thing about scott and liam is that that rift i think is healed when scott throws that first punch boys need to hit each other and some, I yeah they gotta get it out. like that's fine <laughs> i don't care i think it's stupid but it's fun to watch so who gives a shit yeah and styles is responsive being like yeah hit him hit him hit him it's yeah. so good okay wait you know the easter egg at the end of monsters inc where it, like Randall shows up in Florida somewhere and some kid's like, Grandma, the Gator Man's back in the <laughs> yes. house again. She's like, the Gator Man, give me that shovel. Get it, Ma, get it. This was Scott hitting the Gator Man with the shovel and the grandchild being like, get it, Ma, get it. I have seen Monsters, Inc. an untold number of times and I had completely forgotten about that. I think that is one of my most quoted movie lines. <laughs> Oh my god. The Gator Man. Give me that <laughs> shovel. It's like on par with the super suit moment. Yeah. Well, from- the funniest thing about that is like I I thought it was funny as a kid and then I grew up and started to learn things about the Florida. <laughs> of calling it a gator man <laughs> yeah well randall looks like a gator man but he like does. the more you know about florida the funnier that joke gets it's true that was like the vibe of the boy stuff in this episode yes. yeah um anyway but i think a big reason as to why like everyone is really just like differences aside is because styles believes so much in his plan to save lydia big stidia in this in this episode uh yeah and she doesn't get to play much of a part but no unfortunately um i really do think that part of uh what it means for scott and styles to be back on track together um is that they are formulating plans again Mm -hmm. because it's clear that styles is like the mastermind of this plan but nobody would go along with it if scott weren't like You'll listen to my boy right here. <laughs> well, and it's it's refreshing for us, the audience, to see um, because Scott has just been boot boodling around, not knowing what the fuck he's doing this entire season. And so having them back together and like on the same page, all secrets aired, um, it's great. And it means that they can start formulating plans and going full speed ahead again. It feels like we hit the reset button. Totally. Like this is how seasons start, you know? Well, what is 
hilarious about that uh-huh. is that we have finally made it to the season one, like not season one, the episode one teaser yeah. of what's happening. Oh my God. Finally. Jeez. Um, and, and that is the reset button. I can't believe it took us 14 episodes to get here. Um, but it, I, I'm not going to say it was worth it, but I did enjoy all of the heistness. Yes. Um, and it's something that only Scott and Styles could pull off. Yeah, because they have, well, one, like, it's back to, like, the original, like, belief of the McCall pack is, like, nobody gets left behind. Mm-hmm. Everyone lives. Everyone lives, and that's our motto. Everyone in the pack is going to make it through. So, of course, like, they don't think that the locks have been changed. Of course, like, they're like, yeah, this is going to work. And it's so funny how sure Styles is. And then when you see, like, the high sequence going through. And when it gets messed up, obviously, your beliefs do falter. But the reason they got that far is because they believed in it that much to begin with. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny because earlier in the episode, Malia and Kira are talking and Malia's like, well, how did you, you know, do the electricity stuff before? How did you learn how to fight with a sword? And Kira's like, I don't know. It just happened. That is the <laughs> theme of Teen Wolf. I yeah. don't know. It just happened. Well, no, the best thing is, is that for some people it does just happen. And then Malia for whom it did not just happen goes, <laughs> oh, so you're a cheater. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, but so much of like what helps Scott and, the pack uh succeed is just um determination belief in themselves and dumb luck that's all you need that's really all you need that's actually just how you get through your 20s (laughs) true and i would hazard a guess all of life yeah oh god i'm gonna have to do this for the rest of forever (laughs) boo well eventually you'll die oh thank god so you know. I mean, not in the, like, I want to die way, but just in the, but uh, eventually. The, there's an end. Yay. We all celebrate life in different ways. Anyway. Cheers. Um, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to Q's and O's? Let's do it. I have no questions. You had one question you asked while we were watching. Yeah. Um, it is confusing to me um, because part of what is, part of what hinges on, like, getting Lydia out of Eichenhaus, not just she's, that she's their friend and part of the pack and that they, like, want her back and it's horrible that she's in there, but there's, like, an overarching idea that she might be able to help with the beast. And I, for the life of me, cannot figure out where that was planted in a previous episode. Um, no, nothing. Uh, Nada. so, Wolfpack, if you have any ideas... I don't even... Also, like, I have a question. How how do they know that Paris is, is going to show up? Is it just because they're saving Lydia and he has, like, a sort of, you know... Connection to her? Yeah. And he's physically there? He, like, baby duck imprinted on her? That was kind of how I was rationalizing it in my brain. Okay. Well, but I don't want to have to be the one doing the rationalizing. Somebody should explain that to me. No. There were multiple moments in this episode where I had, like, questions and then it explained it for me immediately. And that's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't do it for that one, so. No. Okay. Um, it's confusion. Do you have any observations? Um, I do. I feel like we've touched on it um, a lot. And I, I wanted to shout out um in terms of the structure of this episode when they're plotting the heist they do some flash forward moments like you would see in an oceans or like a mission impossible of like this is what you're gonna do and now we're gonna flash forward to you actually doing it it doesn't give the away the one anything. i always actually think of is the Shaun of the dead thing where he's explaining <laughs> how they're gonna get out of the zombie attack <laughs> but yes no yeah. no no um yeah i i loved it um 
I, uh, we keep talking about how um, this girl's really on brand. I thought that the look of it looked like Teen Wolf. I loved yeah, the design. I mean, part of that is like we have, it's Russell McKay, he has not been a big part of this season. No. Um, Jeff Davis has not been a big part of the season. Angela Harvey has not been a big part of the season. Tim Andrew has not been a big part of the season. So anytime we've gotten some of the like gang back together, mm-hmm. been pretty good. It looks well. I yeah, I loved the design of like Parrish's wreck through the hospital. Oh, it that was my first really observation. Good. Yeah, the whole like the partially burning, like half singed entire hallway that he gets thrown through looked so good. Phenomenal. Um. It was really, really good. I thought that the body horror in this episode was so good. It's not super obvious, but all of the Polaroids. The Polaroids. And you know what I else, what I else, you know what else I thought was really good? <laughs> what? Was when Valak puts that like mask on that doctor. Yeah, no idea what that's about, but it looked cool. It looked cool. It also reminded me of uh, Bloody Face from the second season of American Horror Story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, but also a little bit like the mask from Halloween Town Two, Calabar's Revenge, <laughs> where if you're the mask you're wearing at midnight is the mask you change yeah. into or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, a zesty blend of American Horror Story and <laughs> Halloween Town. I think that's actually where where you find Teen Wolf. That's the sweet spot. That's, that's the sweet that's spot. That's the brand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. I. As much as I hate the idea of trepanation and think it's gross, I love any time that we like flash to Lydia just fucking bleeding from her head. It's gross. It's good horror. Um, I like it. And um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was tropey. I thought it was high schooly. I liked it. Yeah. How about you? Um, I said this earlier, but Malia pulling the glass out of her head. <laughs> Like, I think Malia, we're not there yet, but like truly my elf of the week. I thought Shelly Hennig was so funny in this. And I actually was sort of sitting there and I was like, it would be a little great if you let Scott and, not Scott, Styles and Malia have a full scene together in this episode. And the fact that they didn't, I know they're broken up or something. Although they were not behaving broken up in this episode. No, I, I liked that moment because it suggests that despite everything that still happened, Styles is still kind of Malia's moral guidepost. Um, and I like that they still have that element of the relationship, but yeah, it's not super consistent. Yeah. So Malia was great. I loved, I love, I, you know, the, the thing about Parrish is he would be one of my favorite characters if it weren't for his relationship with Lydia. Yeah, it's just really unfortunate. I love the idea of the Hellhound. I think the design of it is great. I think Ryan Kelly does a good job. It's just... Ryan Kelly doesn't actually have to do that much except for be kind of naked and kind of handsome. So And he... And he does a good job. Does so. it well. I was not saying he deserves an Oscar, but like, no. you know, the man's consistent. Ryan um, Kelly, who's listening currently, is like, I don't deserve an Oscar. No, you do. Kind of. <laughs> For I, a thing I would love to see you in that is not Team Wolf. Yeah. Um, Pro- prove. Wait, hold on. Ryan Kelly. <laughs> prove that you deserve the Oscar. We just gave to you, then take away, then gave to you, and are now taking away again. <laughs> oh, yeah, we expect the tape by Monday. Yeah. Ryan Kelly, who's listening, is like, how did they know I was listening? <laughs> I think if Ryan Kelly actually were listening and sent us anything, I would have a heart attack and die immediately. Um, it's just like a regular self-tape, Ryan Kelly, 6'2". I'm repped by blah, blah, blah. I really think that I would be incapable of speaking. 
Uh, we would make him <laughs> our own award and send it his way. An award? <laughs> and we're back to the Grinch, which means we have to wrap oh, up this episode. <laughs> Could you tell us the Paxtax? Oh my God. Paxtax up the wall. It was Ew. so Paxtaddy. It was great. So many claws, so many eyes and some shirts. It was great. Yeah. Um, We had, count them, 11 eyes. Oh, Teen Wolf. What? Like, it feels like we're making up for pack stats we didn't get in this season. Yeah. Um, we had two claws. I'm I'm saying two because I feel like there's more than one. Leah, Malia has a great little ching. She does. When she rips them. And then <laughs> fries her claws. So good. So funny. Um, really good. And then Parrish is just, like, naked. And also, what is that kid's name? Nelson, who is Malia's man on the inside. <laughs> Just <laughs> runs back to distract the guard. <laughs> Butt ass naked. So, <laughs> Wait, hold on. That I is also actually love the the idea that Malia has kept Eichenhaus friends. That's true. Um, very important to note. Parrish, we know fully naked twice. That other guy, and <laughs> so there are five shirts. Because. <laughs> Nakey is two. There were a bunch of people looking at their phones, so I assume that that was an AT&T ad. And no sirens. Oh my gosh. I really, okay, uh, the 4th of July, you were not here, but it was just constant. Um, because, you know, people were just setting off fireworks. I heard someone set off a firework at 8.30 in the morning yesterday. Oh my gosh, my dog has brain problems she's very oh, yeah. sweet i love her so much blessed be but people were lighting off fireworks at like really close to our house at on july 5th by the way america day is over yeah go back to being unpatriotic please and she just was not having it it was very sad and i'm just kind of like um i actually think that civilians shouldn't be allowed fireworks yeah um I miss being, I miss living in a state where they're illegal because people go and get them anyway, but it is not nearly as prolific. Yeah. All right. Do you have an alpha of the week? Um, I want to give it to two people. Okay. I would like to give it to Kira. Yeah. For causing the brownout. And I would like to give it to Liam for letting himself be punched in the face. I'm going to give it to Malia because she had to do a lot of like personal, emotional reorganizing. Really heavy lifting. To support her friends. Yeah. Um, also, she was funny. She was funny. She put she put killing her mom on hold for a whole day. I know. Styles was Good also funny. It, the, the Oh, actually, what I should have mentioned in my observations, the bit where he's talking on the radio on the police frequency is so is good. So good. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think that about wraps it up, yeah? Yeah. Well, if you liked this episode, and we hope you did, you can follow us on Teen Wolf, uh, on Twitter at Teen Wolf underscore Rewolf, which is also our Instagram handle. You can follow us on Tumblr at Teen Wolf Rewolf or join our Facebook group, Teen Wolf Rewolf Podcast. Answer the questions. We'll let you in. If you really liked this episode, you guys should leave us a review on iTunes. If you leave us five stars and give us a review, we read it out loud and give you a shout out and are eternally grateful. If you really, really liked this episode, you guys can buy us a coffee, ko-fi.com forward slash Teen Wolf Rewolf. Honestly, it's just to cover the cost of the podcast. We're not expecting anything or demanding anything or asking anything. But if you would like to donate, you are more than welcome. Or you can buy our merch. Go to Redbubble or find any of the links in any of our bios and you can buy our stickers. We've got our logo. We've got a couple other fun ones. We've got one that says Dylan O'Brien is the Teen Wolf King, which as we know, he is. Um... And after all that, I have been Christian. And I've been Julia. And we hope you guys have a wolf of a week. Ow! Woo!